0: Mm. It's time for an epic taste. okay welcome back this is part three of zack snyder's justice league kind of doing this as a recap so far so i'll continue in that vein part three is subtitled beloved mother beloved son and i just that just clicked for me what that actually is referencing at least mostly Man, it cry it's more than one thing that's a good title for this section yeah definitely <laughs> anyway so from the opening <clears throat> part three beloved mother beloved son we go to central city which you should uh, know is flashes the flashes hang out so to speak, or hub or city. And we quickly move into the introduction to him. And he is, Barry is, applying for a job at a pet shop. I think maybe as a dog walker, but it's a pet shop. So, and he meets, well, he crosses paths with this, you know, beautiful young, lady as she's walking out the door and he walks in and of course you know as he starts his interviewing process you learn more about his character and how careful or not careful he is and what his resume looks like a little bit and and while this is going on um we're also seeing that this young lady he crossed paths with and had a sort of eye contact moment with is uh, trying to start her car. And meanwhile, there's a semi-truck driver driving down the crossroad and he drops his uh, burger, I think, or his fast food lunch, and he's reaching for it. So he's not paying attention. Now back on this young lady, her car's not starting. It starts. And while Barry is trying to have a successful interview and and struggling with that, she finally pulls out when her car starts, Um, Barry and her eyes meet again, and that's when he sees that this truck that's driving through the intersection that she's about to be in is is not going to stop, And neither is she, because she's staring at him, and they collide. And we get to see Flash in action here for the first time. This is one of the best scenes in the movie, I think. Um, And apparently it's not in the original release of this. So I guess you don't need this, but it's a great introduction, and it's definitely one of the best scenes. So this... uh, I would have a hard time cutting this. So from there, uh, flash goes into action. Everything slows down from his perspective. He literally like turns so quickly to go back out the door of this shop and out into the road to help this lady that he's, his shoes rip off. <laughs> it's a pretty cool little detail. This truck though, that's uh, has now, collided with this lady in her fancy car uh, classic car even has previously hit a hot dog stand so as barry approaches the young lady in her car while they are slowly colliding and making and she's you know sort of moving slowly towards being thrown out of her own car and slowly towards the truck uh that that she ran into there's all these hot dogs in the air and there's one that's not very far from her and it looks like for a moment to me that barry allen he goes well he definitely goes and he grabs this hot dog and you're like what is he gonna do with this hot dog exactly And I'm like, please do not feed this hot dog to this lady because you've so far been weird enough that you might do that. And then fortunately, that's not what he does. He pockets the hot dog and then saves her. And then things kind of come back to normal speed and everything crashes around. And then he has to leave her and flies back or very quickly goes back into the store. So no one notices that it was him other than her because she saw his face. Um, But the lady he was interviewing with in the store only notices that now he's down with the dogs and he's got this hot dog that he feeds the dogs to help calm them down. And and it's supposed to, you know, it's sort of like, Oh, well maybe this is a successful job interview after all it's well done. Anyway, I could watch that scene by itself and enjoy myself for a while. (laughs) Moving on, we move on to a scene where some Atlanteans are dragged from the water onto the beach, and um, Steppenwolf interrogates them. And one guy, he smells a uh, he can smell the scent of the of the mystery box on him, and of course, this guy wasn't going to tell him anything, but. Fear not, Steppenwolf has a interrogating spider device that crawls onto this guy's face and pulls an image out of his brain and shows him the structure that it's in underwater. And so now, I guess based off that, Steppenwolf knows where this thing is. So, mission accomplished, Steppen, Steppenwolf, right? So now, from there, we move to Lois, who is mourning in her apartment um, looking through some of Clark's things, including his, it looks like his cape that has um, been torn by the uh, by the spike slash horn from Doomsday that that killed Clark, and so she's struggling. And then from there we go to wonder woman and Batman are researching the other heroes and they basically divvy up. Who's going to go to who they basically end up deciding well, after a, a, you know, an awkward moment where Batman touches wonder woman's hand. Uh, Cause they both try to use the mouse of his computer at the same time. Um, other than that, it's all about researching the heroes and they decide that Batman's going to go after flash and wonder woman's going to go after cyborg and try to recruit them from there we go to cyborg who is looking through the window and he starts to remember uh, how he got into the situation we get his backstory and he's playing football and it's got to be high school I would think and He's obviously a very good football player. And from there, we kind of end up in the principal's office where his mom's talking to the principal. And you find out he's also a good hacker because apparently he's hacked into the system and changed one of his classmates' grades who was struggling and unable to put in the time necessary. I don't know exactly the details. And this is meant to give you a sense of where this guy's heart's at, like he's willing to help someone out, even in an inappropriate, potentially inappropriate way. So, um, or maybe appropriate depending on the situation. We're not given the whole picture, but I think the point is, Hey, uh, Victor's, uh, heart is in the right place. That's the point. And we're going to get that point drilled in a second time in a moment. From there, we're kind of cut back to the football, uh scenes and we see him score and you know an amazing touchdown and his mom's in the stands cheering and but there's an empty seat and his father's not there so then as they drive home from this game they talk about his father not being there and they kind of have a you know a little bit of a conflicted conversation you get a sense of the emotion that emotions that are charged behind this and in the midst of that they get into a car accident in the next scene we get cyrus which is who is victor's father in the hospital finding out that his wife in this car accident has died and they don't really expect his son to survive either so you see victor in a hospital bed there's not a whole lot left of him but he is currently alive and Cyrus vows to not allow him to die. From there we have Um Cy- or it's Cyrus, yes. There it is. From there, Cyrus leaves a well, he, I think he gets the tape recorder, and he leaves it for, for his son. And from there, Cyborg does pick up the tape recorder and decides to listen to it, at least partially. And from this is where we learn about Cyborg's powers, as Cyborg himself is really learning what he's capable of. And in this moment, or in this sequence, he learns to fly. He learns how how much uh, better he is now at hacking than he could have ever possibly been before. And he even finds some uh, lady who's had a very difficult life and, and has a child and is very poor and struggling and decides to manipulate the financial system to give her an extra $100,000. So here we go. We get to see, like, his you know, his heart is in the right place, even if maybe this is sort of a questionable way to solve a problem, but, but it certainly changes this lady's life for the better in the moment. So, and then instead we get, as, as this is all going on, this recording's playing, and now the recording goes into a more personal side and then cyborg decides to crush the recorder and not listen To his father's more personal take because he doesn't doesn't he's not ready to listen to his father or forgive him for not being there because you know potentially had he been there this car accident that changed everything and killed his mother wouldn't have happened right okay so from there we show the the flying lackeys are on the trail to the box that cyborg has because they actually show up at his window they don't end up coming in they go away but they're definitely hot on the trail um from there we move into a scene of uh, flash barry allen talking to his dad who's currently in prison for killing his wife which didn't really happen which is why barry allen is pursuing a criminal justice degree and trying to pay for it with multiple part-time jobs which is why he was trying to get that dog job, but his dad is uh, not super happy with his choice to revolve his entire life's path around getting him out of prison. And he just encourages him to stop living in the past and make his own future, which is frustrating for Barry Allen. Barry Allen, the flash then goes home and finds Bruce. Wait, Bruce Wayne waiting for him in his second favorite chair and they have their introduction scene, which is highly entertaining and well worth uh, the price of admission. Also one of my favorite scenes in the movie so far and in general, and the second time it was just as good. And uh, ultimately Bruce tries to recruit him. Uh, Flash is super open to it because he needs friends and you learn all kinds of details about the flash like he needs to eat all the time because moving so fast burns a ton of calories so he is a black hole of snacking or what you might call a snack hole interesting image those words conjure maybe at least for me and another funny little moment uh the flash asks batman what his superpower is when they get in his car bruce wayne's car and bruce is like well i'm rich and then you kind of get like a moment where you see all the fancy uh car dials and lexus i think it was lexus gets a little product placement moment there almost (laughs) but it's pretty funny it's good so from there we move to the I think it's becoming infamous in some ways, the Wonder Woman slash Alfred tea scene, where you find how particular Alfred is about tea, and how to prepare it. And he makes sure that even though he isn't even going to have some himself, he makes sure that she prepares it correctly. And then she sees he's working on these energy absorbing bracers for Batman and suggests maybe he should make her a black whip as well, or a black lasso, excuse me, as well. And uh, then Wonder Woman continues her research on Victor slash Cyborg and Cyborg sort of hacks in and just says, hey, let's meet here. And they go meet. I really like this scene. Uh, just aesthetically, there's... Um, They've got the light coming down from a moon that's like diffused behind clouds or the light coming through the clouds. yeah and the way that looks in the background and like the skybox of the scene is uh, I don't know it's it stood out to me twice now. it's uh, very pleasant to look at. So cyborg is far less open to uh, being recruited than uh, than Barry Allen was and he basically, uh, well, he basically says no. Although there is a hint of Wonder Woman getting to him, maybe a little bit, so you get a sense of, you know, maybe he'll come around. But for now, he's definitely in the no camp. Um, and then he he's got a you know a bag around his shoulder, which he's decided to move the box because he's picked up on the fact, well he's already been told that something's searching for that box so he uh brings it to his mother's grave and buries it there i think it was his mother's grave yeah and it's his grave too really and buries it there yeah so then we have cyrus there's a scene of cyrus investigating part of the Superman ship, I think, and how it heats up internally when they shoot it with this laser. So they're kind of, I think setting up this laser because that's going to get used later a little bit. And I'm not sure if the ship itself ends up being the part of the ship itself ends up being important. I don't remember, but from there, uh, Cyrus goes to the apartment cyborgs apartment and sees the box is gone. But one of these flying lackey guys is there waiting And abducts him from there we go to Commissioner Gordon and the the sketch that got made of these flying lackeys that looks like Batman is shown to him and he uh, rightfully sort of blows off the possibility that Batman has anything to do with abducting all these people uh, that have been abducted and you know, leaves the scene basically saying, well, I'm going to talk to him anyway, and we all know how Commissioner Gordon uh, sets up meetings with Batman. So something like that's coming. So from there, we get a scene of the flying lackeys bringing Cyrus into the other abductees and dropping him there. So now we know where he is. And then we get... Um, Bruce Wayne introducing Wonder Woman and the Flash, and then the bat signal goes up, and there's some funny comments here. And then from there we get to the attack on the mystery box in Atlantis. And basically, I think her name's Mira, uh, knows that this box is in jeopardy. And No one's really willing to defend it the way that she would hope. So she attempts to, Steppenwolf enters the scene. Um, There's a really cool moment in the uh, action here where uh, the Atlanteans like to use these air bubbles to talk in English and otherwise they like speak more or less like whale or dolphin to each other. Um, But she also just sucks out the water with this air bubble and just drops Steppenwolf like from the peak of where the box is down to a lower platform. And I just think that was a very cool move. And there's some other move she does where she's literally draining, I think the fluid out of him himself or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I i haven't read enough of the comics to know what these powers are, but that seems pretty nasty. He still manages to shake her off and then goes to take her out. And right before he's able to Aquaman enters the scenario And beats up on him for a while, but ultimately, of course, Steppenwolf is able to get the box and uh, moves on and leaves. And then uh, Aquaman has a conversation with uh, Mira about, if I have her name right, if I don't, I apologize, about his mother, the queen, who um, apparently had Had almost adopted this lady and so he learned some new things about her that he didn't understand including the fact that she would normally be responsible for for going after this guy that just stole the box but really it's his responsibility now being of both worlds so he exits from there um we find Cyborg back in his apartment, seeing the remnants of his father getting abducted, basically. And he finds his father's glasses. And then sees the bat signal out his window. So, guess who else might attend that meeting? Um, and from there, uh, we get Steppenwolf using the second box to fortify his, his base. And then he reports in... Uh, To I think Dasad is the guy's name and lets him know they have all these people they've abducted that have been around this third box. They just don't know where it is yet, but they're going to go interrogate them and they will tell me what they know or I will rip it from them. Thus ends part three. This was the longest part so far. I did really enjoy it and we're finally kind of getting to a place where things are starting to come together that last section was like that first hour of the movie um was like the longest first act although in a four hour movie that's probably about the right length that i can remember seeing and then this we finally you know we're getting into maybe halfway through the second act here just about already so the pace is feels like it's picking up a little bit here. And obviously we're cutting back and forth between characters quite a lot. So anyway, that's the end of part three. So part four change machine, machine, change machine. (laughs) So as it ended more or less, With a Bat-Signal, at least certain threads, this begins with the Bat-Signal meeting, which uh, initially is Batman, Wonder Woman, and Flash, and Commissioner Gordon shows them the picture, the Batman-like picture, which is one of the flying lackeys, really, which I forget what they call them right now, even though I just watched it. And from there, uh, they realize these hostages might still be alive. So they're trying to figure out where where, where they might be being held. And Cyborg enters the equation because his father just got abducted as well. And he's aware of that. So now he's got motivation to play along with everybody. Uh, presumably, at least. And they realize um, that the, the pathways or the abduction points sort of do lead to an island in between, I think it's Gotham and Metropolis, Strikers Island, I believe. Uh, and so they go there and we get a little rock music intro and they jump out of the, the uh, craft they're in, the crawler thing. And then sort of humorously, they just climb up the stairs for a while. (laughs) I don't know. I find that very funny. Um, So they come upon Steppenwolf in the middle of his interrogation. And um, much action and fighting ensues here. There's actually, this is this version of the movie anyway. I really like this action scene. I did finally watch the original justice League, and the way they do it in that version is not nearly as satisfying. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of the same shots, but there's like alternate takes alternate jokes. Things are cut down. Uh, Steppenwolf looks totally different. Of course. I, I kind of prefer the Zack Snyder cut Steppenwolf for sure. Um, wonder woman has a better line about her no one no one owns her she belongs to no one that's in here it's not in the other one and there's less about the the fact that um cyborg was made from the box to some degree but i think that's probably more because they just haven't really explained that yet in this version and they're about to (laughs) But anyway, everything just flows better. The actions better. The effects are a little better. I mean, that may partially be a benefit of finishing this up later. I don't know, but it works better in general. Um, and there's a funny part with Flash on the stairs. Um, the one thing that doesn't necessarily make sense to me. I, I don't. I don't know. I guess I don't know enough about the Flash to know. For sure, if there's a problem with him carrying somebody and moving them as quickly as he can move. But he carries people to safety in the original version. This one, he just sort of helps shepherd them up the stairs. And it's actually humorous because he's just moving around. Like observing, telling people to speed up. (laughs) And uh, that's good. And overall, I think Flash is better in this version. I like the way he has to save everyone from the falling debris. And the way he does that, that effect shot's really cool. It's really not in the other version. Uh, and then, of course, ultimately, everyone ends up down in the bottom of this shaft, and Steppenwolf gets beat back, but he blows a hole in the side of the wall before he teleports out, which brings the Gotham uh, River or Bay into the uh, into the space there with them, and they have to escape Aquaman enters the picture. I kind of wonder, you know, they don't really explain how he find, finds them, but I guess he can do that. So that's is what it is. Um, and they escape ultimately. And we cut to Steppenwolf getting back to his hideout. And there's a some kind of message waiting for him with the, one of the boxes. And this is where he discovers that the secret artifact which is called do i have it written down i don't have it the anti, anti-life anti basically i don't think i did write it down but it's the anti-life equation is here uh on the surface of the planet and so this is confirmation that this is Here And for some reason, I I still don't really understand, honestly, why the fact that the boxes were on this planet already wasn't an indication that it was possible. I guess that could have been, but it's not like they were talking about it. And if I were Darkseid, I would have wanted to know about that sooner, since this is something he cares about so much. But hey, now it's confirmed. Now they let... uh, now Steppenwolf knows this, and we cut back to uh, the aftermath of that action scene at the on Striker's Island, where we find out that Cyborg, in fact, still has the last box. Basically, is the point of the scene. And then we cut back to Steppenwolf reporting in to decide about the anti-life equation, and then that, of course, uh, gets Darkseid to pay Darkseid to pay attention, and he appears and offers redemption if Steppenwolf is successful here. So further motivation for Steppenwolf to complete his mission and um, that, you know, shortens up his uh, 50,000 world queue or whatever for sure. From there, we're in a hangar where they're discussing the box. Um, I don't know, like, so in the original version, this is part of the Batcave in this version, I don't think it is. They just mentioned, wow, this building is so nondescript from the outside or something. <laughs> anyway, that was interesting. Um, so let's see. They are talking about the box. We get into the history of the box because Aquaman is accusing uh, Cyborg of maybe being part of the problem. If since he's came from this box we get into the history of that so he tells the story how the box was found why and and we learn why cyborg knows so much about it because he he was basically created from it and that's all very effective and not really in the original version for the most part Um, and then that's of course where they realize we might be able to use this to bring superman back From there, we cut to Martha and Lois having their scene, which this version of this scene is much better than the original release's version, Uh, coupled with the fact that at the end of it, Martian Manhunter reveals himself. So I'll just leave that at that, but that is this is an improvement. And then we're back to talking about Resurrecting Superman, and they decide basically, well the risk is worth it. And there's really no other way to aggressively pursue a winning scenario. Otherwise we're basically just waiting to lose and there's no us without him. And thus ends a relatively quick part four, much less over the top and convoluted than the previous part. But, uh, so this sets up the next, the next part, which we'll get to shortly. Part five. All the king's men, or is it all the king's horsemen? <laughs> it's a good, uh, good subtitle, as usual. Okay, so we begin with exhuming the grave of Clark Kent, exhuming Superman, and there's some banter here. I like this version of this scene better than the one in the original cut. Uh, There's no silly fist-bumping conversation, racially charged fist-bumping conversation. I really, yeah, anyway, I'm glad that that did not survive. Let's put it that way. (laughs) So, um, while this is going on, we cut back to Bruce working on the large transport ship and not quite having that under control. And we cut back and actually as part of this, uh, exhuming scene, we get actually in this version in particular, we get good, uh, Good conversations between Flash and Cyborg and between Wonder Woman and Aquaman. In particular, Wonder Woman and Aquaman learn that um, they have some similar, or at least one similar saying in their cultures. So that's kind of fun. I don't know. I enjoyed that. And then they load the coffin in to the back of the van that they are using, or truck, whatever it is. From there we go to Cyrus learning that he uh, is clear. They had to test him for alien material, I guess, based on the protocols that he himself wrote, but as he uh, figured they would be clear, and they were. Mm. Then we cut to oh, the scene with the Flash asking which hat works best to Aquaman, and Aquaman not being very complimentary about any of it. And they basically go to infiltrate Star Labs, and we get a cool, like, shot of Batman sort of overseeing from a distance what was going what's going on. And then, uh, let's see. Then, yeah, then we get... So, oh, what is this? Yeah, I think this is where we have the Flash do the ID, yeah, and Cyborg has to hack the system to clear. Yeah, that was it. And then we cut to Cyrus getting back to the laser that they uh, that superheated things, as we might remember from earlier in the movie. That's about to become important. And then Victor hacks in and sounds the alarm once they're through security. And Batman shows up and asks him to clear them out. Then, you know, Cyrus realizes it has to be fake from inside the lab. So he tries to shut that down until he realizes that it's Cyborg and company breaking in. And then he allows them to pass and holds their story up and gets everyone evacuated. You see them all all the non-essential <laughs> people va- evacuating. And our uh, group here, basically the Justice League, enters the Superman ship, which is um, reacts to Superman's body. So it is, uh, despite being dead, it is still very much recognized by the ship. It makes me wonder how dead he really is, right? I don't know. From there, we cut to Lois waking up and still struggling with the absence of Mr. Clark Kent. And she opens her drawer to seemingly making a decision to go back to work and grabs her work badge. And then, uh, of course, uh, you know, somewhat slyly, but also extremely obviously, there's a... uh, Pregnancy test also in that drawer still in the box, though it looks a little, like it looks like it's been there for a while, (laughs) and it's funny, because the name of this present pregnancy test is Force Majeure, so I think that's pretty funny, personally. Anyway, (laughs) so, okay, this is where they put the body, Superman's body, into the fluid and like the... I I like to call it the Genesis Chamber, even though I don't know that that's what it is. And we get our little bit of our our Kevin Costner sighting with the photograph of Jonathan Kent also sinking into the fluid. And then we cut to Lois basically on her last coffee run, and she's for the last time, presumably. And as we'll see, for different reasons. Uh, certainly, the last time she goes to mourn at the Memorial, Superman Memorial and brings coffee to the cop that's on duty there. Mm-hmm. And from there. Uh Oh, yeah, this is where Flash says he can provide the charge to charge the box. And as they basically activate the box, Cyborg has a vision of the future, which starts this whole visions thing. And we see, uh, like, Wonder Woman's funeral, and we see... uh, Superman cradling a dead body, which is presumably Lois Lane and dark side, um, putting his hand on his shoulder. And from there we basically see Superman's gone bad and has like Batman's decapitated head. And then we come back and Cyborg's like, Oh no. Or something like that. And flash is like, go. And then flash charges, uh, or, you know, builds up his electrical charge by running very fast, and he times it all just right. <laughs> Charges the box, and basically Superman awakens, and there's this huge explosion at the top of the ship. From there, oh, the box also is part of this. It explodes out, and it lands, and Cyrus sort of approaches the box. And Then we also see... Uh, Lois seeing what appears to be Clark flying in the sky. then sure enough, Superman slash Clark lands at the sort of broken memorial. And that's when we get our fight between Superman and the rest of the Justice League as he's struggling to figure out what's going on and who he is. And... This is basically started when Cyborg's suit activates a, an automatic defense system because it detects danger from Superman. I wonder if it's just because Cyborg's of the box and the bo- mother boxes basically can detect a Kry- Kryptonian and fear them. So, it you know, it senses danger from the Kryptonian. And then... It automatically fires at Superman, even though Cyborg doesn't want it to. So I guess he doesn't have full control yet. And this starts the fight. And now, you know, before Superman's able to get oriented, he's fighting everybody. And the action here is really good. And I, as much as there's a lot of crossover between the action and this cut and the released theatrically released cut, it all just makes so much more sense here. You can tell it was cut down and altered for the other version. And it just doesn't work as well there. Here, it's all very satisfying. Like, it's thought out. There's some humor built into it. Um, you know, there are moments where you, you just feel the strength, you know, and it, and it just doesn't come off the right way in the other version. At least it's just not as effective anyway. So... So from there, uh, oh, yeah, my favorite part, which is in both versions, is the Flash runs by Superman, and Superman's fast enough to kind of side-eye the Flash and start um, having a fight with him in high, at high speed, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. And then uh, from there, Superman's kind of making his way I forget what he's making his way towards, but he sees Batman. I think it's Batman. Basically, he sees him. He recognizes Batman, you know, and he's not happy to see him. And as he makes his way towards him, uh, he basically tricks Flash or avoids Flash, which may, makes Flash run into Aquaman and Wonder Woman can't can't slow him down, and he's jumps on Bruce Wayne and he doesn't even in this version he doesn't even have a conversation of any kind with him and he's about to kill him. And uh, in uh, in comes Lois Lane to the rescue and he recognizes her and they fly away. So and that's that for for Superman for the moment. So as the, lead, the what's left of the Justice League here pulls their, themselves together, they see that uh, Steppenwolf has entered the area, and uh, Cyrus is scrambling with the box to go do something with it in the lab, and he gets it into the lab. And basically, as Steppenwolf approaches... Cyrus barely gets the box into the path of the laser, but has to sacrifice himself in order to shoot the laser at the box. And at first we think this is because he's trying to destroy the box. But what we find out is, uh, even though Steppenwolf ultimately gets the box, Cyrus loses his life. What this laser has done, as we've learned what it does before, is it, superhe- it can superheat things to... to, to uh, the hottest level uh, possible on the planet or comparatively the hottest thing on the So it makes it easy to track. So now they have a way to track them. And uh, as cyborg says, let's go find this son of a bitch. And that's the end of part five. This one jump. this part jumps around a lot. It is super fast paced. And I, uh, one of my favorite parts as a, as a singular part of the movie, because this fight between Superman and the other members of the justice league is just awesome because you get to see what Superman's strength is relative to them. And it's, it's what you would expect, but it's also, you got to get to see exactly how strong cyborg is and considering how new he is, uh, yeah, you can see that there's a lot of room for him to grow there. I mean, he's, he's, uh, seems to have at least for his normal attacking power, he's closest matched. I think Wonder Woman's like ultra attack or whatever you would call it might have a shot, but her normal attacks don't have much of a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Against Superman. So, anyway. That that's, uh, as I said, the end of part five. This is the end of part two of the Snyder Cut beat by beat. There will be one more part when we finish this thing. So thanks for listening. Until next time, good night. Thanks for listening.